Welcome to Our Jewish Roots. In today's special program, we look at recent preparations by rabbis in Israel to ready the building of the Third Temple. Join us now for an inside look. We are so glad you joined us today. I am David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am Jeffrey Seif. I've got something in my heart, in my head, and in my hand. Press pass. Not trespass, press pass. The reason why I mention that is today we're bringing you some news, breaking news. You're not going to get it in mainstream news, but it's biblical news because there's stuff happening in Israel, and our Jewish roots wants to bring it to you. And there's stuff happening in America that Israel is interested in about, yes? Oh, yes. I want one of those cards, but you know what? I don't have that card, but I have the knowledge of what you're about to bring. Hang on to your hats. This is going to be a roller coaster ride, Temple Preparations. For decades, an organization in Israel called the Temple Institute has been searching the globe for a pure red heifer in order to initiate the building of the Third Temple and purify the Levitical priesthood to officiate therein. Numbers chapter 19 outlines the importance of the ashes of the red heifer in ceremonial Hebraic worship, but the qualifications for that red cow are extremely precise, uh, very elusive in nature, the particulars of which are found in Jewish rabbinical literature. Not only must the cow be completely red, but it cannot contain even two different colored hairs, no visual blemish, as well as many other difficult criteria. To help narrow down the search internationally, the Jewish Christian organization B'nai Israel led a small group of Israeli rabbis to Rockwall, Texas, if you can imagine that. Here the rabbis believe they finally found several suitable candidates around one year of age. Not one, but several. Amazing. I got the opportunity to speak with the owner of the Red Heifer Ranch, Ty Davenport, to find out how he feels on the matter. Ty, you have a 1,400-acre ranch here. Yes, sir. And you have Jewish scholars from Israel, from Jerusalem, coming to your ranch to look at your cattle. Can you tell the story about how this one, just fortuitously, accidentally, providentially, never was tagged, so there's never a blemish? Yes, we, we, we literally tagged the cows the first day they're born or the second day, because after that they get too fast to catch. We gotta rope them, otherwise we can go up there that first couple of days and get hold of the calf and tag it. And we like to, we, that way we'll know who the mama was and we give it the same num number as the mother. Well, we had gone and already tagged the calves that day and, and everything I have is tagged. And like I said earlier, once it has a hole in its ear, that's a blemish, and it disqualifies it. So I told them, I don't have what you want. But we went ahead and looked anyways through the, through the ranch and drove all across the ranch looking. And we just about given up and made one last look. Out of the woods comes this mama with her newborn just baby. so happened. Now, when you said to them, I don't think... You you have, we're talking about the, the, the scholars from the Temple Institute. Yes, sir. Now, for those of you who don't know, and if you've been to Israel, uh, these are Hasidic Jews that are all about building the accoutrements 
uh, that go along with the temple that's going to be raised, uh, raised up. Believed at the end of days, a temple is going to be rebuilt, and uh, the, a, a number of the, the furnishings have already been built, but they need to dedicate it with a sacrificial animal, and they believe that you may have the one, and they're all about inspecting that to find out, yeah? So once these gentlemen saw this heifer, they got on the telephone and called Jerusalem. So they sent scouts first to come These check scouts, it out. Right. Okay. Said, we're going to be back. And Byron called me and said, we're going to be back in three days. And we're bringing some rabbis from Jerusalem. They're going to fly in to examine the calf. And they did. And that's when I didn't think much of it. But all of a sudden, the news media shows up and all these rabbis and people I've never seen before. And they all came to see the, see this heifer. And, and uh, we knew then we had, this was something special that the, that the Lord had planned. Now, I said something to you off camera that, that you, you humbled me in your response to it. I said, look, because I, when I had learned about this red heifer story years ago, I learned that if they ever found one, it would be worth millions and millions of dollars. And I said to you, hey, get a lawyer. And you said, no, you're going to gift it. All my life, I've just prayed, and, and Daddy's always given me the desires of my heart. And so when I told him I wanted to be a cowboy and, and go full-time ranching, he gave me a ranch and, and allowed me to sell, sell my veterinary practice. And, and I've been out here since 1997. And I've always just prayed I want to be a good steward of, of your land and your cattle, Lord. And when this came up, when he question about it, I'm not going to sell this, sell this heifer. I'll give her to you. You know, this, this to, to be a part of these end times, to be a part of this last temple uh, that I believe is going to be erected. Uh, it's like, wow. Yeah, it just humbles you, you know, to know you can be a part of it. Let, let me translate what he said. Okay. He said that we think we found we think we found the red What? Wow. So it's looking like they found the red heifer. We're not sure about that, but what What's next after that? Well, you know, if you're going to rebuild a temple, you got to dedicate it. That's the red heifer. You need animals, you need incense, you need the accoutrements, shovels, altars, and all the rest. It's all being assembled. It's all coming together, yeah. I could talk about all of this for days. I don't think I'm the only one that's fascinated by this. You were right there. Please tell me, it's, it's got to be big, right? If the rabbis from the Temple Institute in Jerusalem fly to Rockwall, Texas. They, now these are religious Jews, you know, the long beards, right. the payas, the curls. They were like high school cheerleaders, for goodness sake. They were just so excited uh, rolling around in the mud <laughs> with heifers. It, it really was a sight to behold. It, it, it was different. But, but this isn't necessarily good news. Depends how you look at it. For them, they're excited because the rebuilding of the temple, uh, depending on how you look at Bible prophecy, it also could be important of trials to come. That's what I'm thinking. There's so much more in this program. Now we get to go to Israel. Wait till you meet this guy. He's fascinating. He is the official incense supplier for the third temple. Let's go to Israel right now. 
I'm Gary Ehrlich and this is the Balm of Gilad Farm. We are standing at the Hill of the Frankincense, uh, part of my uh, plantation. Over here, the vast majority of the trees are uh, Boswellia Sacra, the true frankincense, the frankincense of the incense of the Holy Temple, the frankincense of the present of the three Magus. Uh, and the vast uh, majority of the plants here are uh, frankincense trees. The frankincense come from the from the resin. It come come out from the from the bark. Uh, there is a special method of making a, a tip, a cut, at the branch, and then uh, we let the resin go out and dry. And after about uh, between one week to ten days, you, we collect the dry resin. It's called tears because it, uh, most of them have the shape of the tear. And this is the this is the main uh, raw raw material uh, from the frankincense. This is Guy's Garden of Eden, where he comes daily to inspect and tenderly care for his rare collection of plants. Actually, he started it all for medicinal purposes, but it seems there were bigger plans for his life, a bigger reason for it all. Along the years, a lot of uh, temple fans are coming to visit me. I become a magnet for temple fans. Uh, at the beginning, I, fa I found it quite uh, annoying. Uh, I started my venture uh, in order to, to build an economic base to my family, not to, not to serve the third temple. And uh, I can tell you that uh, on the first time that uh, a lot of temple fans are coming to, to meet me, the people of the Temple Institute, uh, Rabbi Israel Ariel was here several times, uh, even with his family. Uh, uh, Yudha Gleek, Yudha Etzion, Arnon Segal, a lot of them. And uh, when, when, when Rabbi Ariel was here for the first time, I told him, Rabbi Ariel, when the temple would come from the sky, I'll be more than happy to supply the incense for the holy temple. But forget it, I'm not going to build you a temple. Uh, he was very upset with me. He told me that I don't know what my des destination is. I started with my plans uh, with a desire to make a medication out of them. And this is still my main goal. But along the years, I understood that my plants have some other uh, purposes. And if uh, they be able to serve the third temple, uh, I'll be more than happy to, to be the one that uh, would uh, bring it. So uh, uh, I promised Rabbi Ariel that I'll do my best uh, to have uh, as many ingredients of the holy temple as I can. Uh, there are uh, uh, eight known. Uh, ingredients and another three unknown ingredients uh, to find out what are the unknown ingredients and to try to have uh, the best quality of ingredients so when uh, there will, will be a temple we will have the resin we will, we will not have to wait for this uh, and uh, about two months ago as far as I, I, I understand it I become a officially I officially became the uh, an incense provider for the third temple. The, the frankincense was used in, 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 different, in different places. The, the main place was a, as, a, as part of the 11 ingredient of the, of the incense of the Holy Temple. It was burned on the golden altar. Uh, it was also put as a pieces of resin on the table of uh, bread. There were of a family of Kohanim, Beit Aptinas, who were in charge uh, for making the incense for the Holy Temple. And their office was called the Frankincense uh, Office. This amazing garden collection is located adjacent to the northern part of the Dead Sea. 
the lowest spot on planet Earth. Guy has called his site the Bomb of Gilead Farm, named after another plant he considers one of his personal treasures. This is the Balm of Gilad, Comifor Giladensis, the, the main plant that is identified as the Comifor Giladensis. Uh, this origin came from uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, we are at the springtime. All the, all the winter he was uh, naked, without, uh, without leaves. He was quite miserable, in uh, great stress. But now it's starting to be hot and uh, its leaves are coming uh, back. So this is a, a waking up a balm of Gilad. I'm using different parts of the plant. I'm using the resin, I'm using the fruit, and I'm using the leaves. First of all, it was one of the most important medication of ancient time. The plant was so important as it served, so it served as the first ingredient of the incense of the Holy Temple. For the incense, they used the dried branches. This is what Professor Zohar Amar claiming. Period of the second temple, the Balm of Gilad was the sole component, the only component of the anointing oil of the kings of Israel. There is a very interesting claim saying that uh, the gold from the free Magi's uh, gift was not a, a real gold. It was uh, the Balm of Gilad that was more precious than gold. And that was the oil that was needed to anoint the new king. This smell was the second ingredient of the incense of the Holy Temple. This smell was also the second gift of the three Magis. Uh, it was a very important plant uh, on ancient time as a medication, uh, spirituality. And it got a lot of uh, use on ancient time, and even nowadays we have a lot of uh, medical potential lying in this. Strangely enough, when Guy first started his farm, he knew nothing about agriculture. We asked him to explain why he pursued his dream in one of the most difficult places in the world to keep things green. I guess out of curiosity and the persistence and the maybe a guiding hand from above, I don't know. I, 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 am a, I am not a religious Jew, but I find myself a great believer. My faith is very strong. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, I find, find the strength to keep on going with my mission due to the understanding that uh, there is a, a meaningful uh, thing with my plants. It can be the, to the direction of the third temple, it can be to the direction of uh, medicine. Uh, both of them are a secret for me. This is uh, how they burn the incense on the temple, not on direct fire, on coal. Uh, sometimes they put some salt in order to make the, the coal a bit uh, uh, cooler. But uh, this is how they burn the incense, chopped, chopped resin put on coal. I could literally watch and re-watch that interview dozens of times. In fact, I, I actually have, because I think it's absolutely fascinating. Israel's back, Jerusalem is back, they are ready for their third temple, even for the incense. Fascinating. Yes, and here we're looking at the particulars. Uh, evangelicals have long felt in their heart of hearts God's up something new in the world with the emergence of the nation state of Israel. Mm -hmm. But now we're looking at temple-related issues. It adds a little frosting to the cake. This is something we've learned uh, 
right here, and I don't think we hear a lot about it in our churches these days, what's going on. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, a lot don't take up the question of Bible prophecy, and that's something that we do because we're all about looking at what God is up to in Israel and through right. Israel. I think this is one of my favorite programs ever <laughs> because it's, it's about the future, but the Jewish people all are rejoicing. Yes. And we're rejoicing too. We'll be right back. Our resource this week, the series Jeremiah, Hope Over the Horizon on DVD. The prophet Jeremiah was called to warn Judah that judgment was coming at the hands of the Babylonians. But we find woven through his writings is a message of hope and deliverance. These nine programs feature Bible teaching by Dr. Jeffrey Seif with special guest, Dr. Michael Brown. Contact us and ask for the Jeremiah series on DVD. Our Jewish Roots is more than just a television program. See what you are missing on our social media outlets. On Facebook and Twitter, you'll find our daily Name of God devotional, current news articles, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. On our YouTube channel, you'll find Faith Foundations, music, interviews, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. Or find everything on our website, levitt.com. We invite you to keep in touch and join us on social media. This is one of the more fascinating interviews I've had opportunity to be engaged in in years. I'm here with Levi Chazan at a famous place. How are you doing, Mr. Chazan? Very well, thank you. Can you tell us where we are and what you're doing here? Okay, we're located about 20 minutes out of Jerusalem in a place called, a settlement called Mitzpah Yeriko, which is uh, right outside of Jericho, overlooks Jericho. And uh, what we have established over here, and what will be in these premises, is a field school that is going to be the uh, preparations for the beginning of the Third Temple. In this field school, it's very unique. We will train priests and Kohanim, Levites, in order to uh, participate in their work in the temple service in Jerusalem. Now, I think this is a fascinating story. You live it and breathe it and participate in it day after day. Um, so it's just, I mean, I'm not saying it's pedestrian or mundane, it certainly isn't, but to think for a moment, there's a vision to regather the priesthood, to build a school, to train, to prepare for sacrifices, that's incredible. Now, you have to realize that the Jewish people have been out of touch for the last 2,000 years, not only separated from the land, but separated from their service. And a great aspect of, uh, of the Jewish people's service, which is listed in the Bible, is the service which took place in the temple in Jerusalem. It was a main, main part of the Jewish people's lives, their cycle, their holidays, whenever it was, everything centered around the temple in Jerusalem. The Jewish people, have been out of touch of that. They've, they've been away from that. They, they, they've been removed from anything uh, remotely resembling any type of, of service in the temple. And, and what we're doing over here is to get them uh, renewed with this work, uh, to prepare them in order to teach them uh, all the aspects of the temple service itself, what they have to do, where they have to go. And uh, this, we are, we are planning ahead to raise a generation of priests and Levites that will be able, when the time comes, to work in the temple service in Jerusalem. Mr. Kazan, what, what are the lines here all about, and what's up with the stones? Well, this, this is actually where the, uh, the, the groundbreaking was done uh, a few days ago. 
And this is basically the, the base of the altar itself. The first stage of the field school is to build the altar. That's the most important aspect of the field school. And uh, what you see over here is the line markings is exactly where the site of the altar will be. And so what we've done over here is started construction on the altar. And uh, that's, that's the pile you could see over here with the, with the hole. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's actually very historical because when King David first came to Jerusalem, the first thing that he did uh, our rabbis of blessed memory teach us is that he dug under the Temple Mount itself in order to, to establish the, uh, the outlet for the wine and water libations which were poured on the altar. You know, there was, on top of the altar there was tunnels which led underground and King David himself actually dug those tunnels out in order to prepare it. So the first stage that we've done is also made a, 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 a hole in the ground in order to prepare uh, our model over here for the wine and water libations. Mm, mm, mm. I am astounded. A couple of days ago, the news crews were here uh, advertising the story. There was some ground breaking. I can still see the chalk lines here where the Mizbeach, where the altar is going to be. Fascinating. What do you have here? We have over here a uh, model, which is one of the pro projects of our uh, nonprofit organization. And our goal over here with this model, this wooden model, is actually to produce a model which people could afford. And, and our goal is to have every Jewish home is to have a temple model in their house in order to awaken their desire for rebuilding the temple in its proper place in Jerusalem. So the vision here is every home, just like there's a tzedakah box at every Shabbos table, That's correct. to have right next to it a model of the Beit HaMikdash. That's correct. That's correct. Every home to have a temple model. And in this way, we hope that the Jews will have a desire to rebuild the temple in, in Jerusalem, where Amazing. it's supposed to be. And what do you have underneath it, if I can hold? Sure. These are, these are the blueprints of, of the uh, field school. You see over here, uh, this is the hill that's, that's right uh, behind us with the one-to-one uh, -one scale of the temple and the altar inside of it. And when we're building over here the model, you have to realize this is not just a, a small version of it. This is actually one-to-one -one scale of the same temple which was in, in Jerusalem uh, 2,000 years, which stood there. We're talking about a, a, a building which is about 20 stories high. Just the altar itself is five meters. And uh, it's it's humongous task. It's a it's an unbelievable uh, task to undertake. And we plan to build it over here in this mountain. You can see over here the blueprints for the altar itself. This is obviously the main the main part of the work of the field school because this is where most of the work of the priests took place was on the altar itself. We also have the blueprints of the temple itself, of the field school, uh, exactly the way that it was situated in Yerushalayim in its proper place. I mean, this is surreal at one level. I, I just can't believe I'm having this conversation with you. And I'm looking at preliminary sketch documents. I'm here post-groundbreaking for a field school to train Kohanim for sacrifices. It, it blows the mind. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, but if you would, you know, look back, if we would have this conversation 100 years ago, and, and we would be talking that Jews would live in Jerusalem, Jews would live in the land of Israel, People would, also, people would also say, well, that blows the mind. That's, um, that's something that can't be believed. But the Jews have returned, right? We have a state of our own now. 60 years have already passed. The next natural step with the Jews returning to its land and rebuilding Jerusalem is once again going to the Temple Mount and rebuilding the Temple. It's so cutting edge. It's 
I mean, how do you feel personally? You're right here at the threshold of breaking ground. Uh, is there some kind of calling from God to, to be engaged in this kind of enterprise? Well, you know, you know, we read the Bible, we study, we study about King David and his time period. And King David himself uh, talked about, how can I live in my well-established house where the temple of the, of the Lord is in a tent? And, and we say to ourselves, you know, how could it be that here we are, we're in our well-established houses today, 60 years after the fact that the Jews have returned to the land, and where is the house of God today? What is being done to the house of God? And, and we have no answer for that. So we're taking concrete steps in order to actually start the process of the third temple right here. When the first Jews came here, you know, to establish the land, it was also they rolled up their sleeves and they, they rolled in the dirt and they had to make uh, roads and they had to construct houses. You know, every, everything that, that, that had to be done was done. And once we have this base, the next natural step is, is rebuilding of the temple for God. This has been such an interesting program today, and Kirsten and I have had so many questions. Questions like, are you ready? What's prohibiting the temple from being built right now? Well, uh, the, the land where it's to be located happens to be uh, controlled by Islamic authorities who have placed there uh, one of the most sacred shrines in the Islamic world. Last I checked, two objects can't occupy the same space at the same time. So there's uh, religious Jewish enthusiasms about the rebuilding of the temple, as we've seen. Uh, there's uh, Christians eschatologically that are interested in it, but there are uh, Islamic friends have a claim to the site as well. So we'll have to report on this unfolding story as time right. goes on. There is so much. Just real quick to touch on that red heifer. Once those ashes, once they have the ashes, is there anything to stop them from doing the ritual of the red heifer uh, over the nation of Israel? Well, the uh, the particulars of it, as far as the temple goes, mm -hmm. it, it, the ashes are used for dedicating the temple, and we don't have the temple there to dedicate right now. So I suppose they will have those ashes and store it, uh, and mm -hmm. they'll find an appropriate time to use it. We really all need to stay tuned for what's coming up with all of that. Yeah, and keep watching the news. Watch the news yeah. from Israel. Yes, it's yeah. just one of those stories, and among other things, we're in business to shed light on it. So thanks for keeping, in keeping us in business, and by the way, We'll be back in business next week. Until then, Shalu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, 
There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.